Welcome to Cast 9. Welcome to a bonus episode of Cast 9. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Well, anyway, welcome to a bonus episode. The interview in this episode was recorded for another podcast I had that didn't end up going anywhere. However, the interview happens to fit nicely into this show, so I thought, why not? The interview is with Jess and Christy of the Bug Chicks. They are bug and arthropod enthusiasts, and they do a lot of science communication with kids and young people. Since this interview was recorded, they did a commercial for Windows 10, and if you want to see what they look like, you can Google Bug Chicks Windows commercial, and it should pop right up. I'll probably also link uh, to their website and to the video in the iTunes show notes. So without any further ado, enjoy the interview. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Well, thank you, Justin Christie, for being able to do the interview. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for the invite. We are super excited to talk bugs with you. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do as the Bug Chicks. Okay. So we are the Bug Chicks. We are entomologists. We have our master's degrees from Texas A&M University. And we decided to start a company where we would teach people about insects, spiders, and other arthropods. And it started just teaching about, you know, this is an insect. It has six legs. This is an arachnid. It has eight. But it has morphed into a way for us to teach about social issues. We teach girls and young boys about um, kid empowerment and being brave and having a big voice. We teach about prejudice and racism, using insects and spiders as a platform and a vehicle to talk about those hard issues and educational potential for students. Wow, that's super cool. I just have to say, I love your enthusiasm. I read some of what you wrote for the Science Friday blog, and I've watched some of your videos that you have on your website, and you two are just like awesome. I love your enthusiasm for like science and critters. So like what drew you to entomology? What drew you to bugs, insects, and arthropods? Well, I think that arthropods in general are kind of a maligned group of animals. People think that they know every, you know, everything there is to know about them and it's all bad. But in reality, arthropods, insects and, and spiders and, and other animals with an exoskeleton, they are the reason our planet runs and they impact our lives in such an intense way. And people, I don't think people realize that, that they, they are the reason that, you know, our planet functions properly and we don't have, you know, tons of organic matter that hasn't been broken down or, things along that line. Um, so I think, I think that's the big pull for us is just that it's, it has such a huge human impact and, and they're just, they're cool animals too. Their biologies are really unique and kind of spectacular. We're never going to get bored. We chose something where we could study one species a day for the rest of our lives and not even scratch the surface of what we know about, let alone the fact that there is an estimated 4 million species that that have yet to be described and discovered. Um, so we're never going to be bored. They're super awesome. And they look cool. Like, what? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. 
so in order to prepare for the interview, I watched Life in the Undergrowth and Microcosmos. Oh, yeah, you did. Good choices. Yeah, and there's like, man, there's some gorgeous scenes in in both of those. They blew my mind. My favorite scene is with like the leopard slugs mating in Life in the Undergrowth. It was like paradigm shifting for me. I mean, it was just beautiful. That scene, the leopard slugs mating, changes the way I think people see the world. That is a that is a perfect example, and we try to do that in in some small way. That that scene is so beautifully crafted. It's so it's so elegant and simple because it is just the animals doing what they do naturally. And I think if we take the time to stop and look at the small world around us, we we will look at our larger world in a different way. I call it for my students at university, putting your small eyes on. You'll start to walk around campus or walk around your neighborhood and you'll have a different view. You'll notice that things are crawling and buzzing and flying around and and they are performing tasks that are essential. And it, I think it puts things in perspective for us as humans because we tend to be so self-focused. And I think that insects are a great way mm. to teach people to just zoom out a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, just that scene alone, it, it changed my perspective. It, like I said, it was paradigm shifting and still leopard slugs are like my favorite bugs right now. But um, what are some of your favorite bugs? Mm. Um, well, I love this question. I think we I should change to... our favorites each time we're asked well, this question. We kind of do. Kind of do. <laughs> um, so... I really, I really like aphids. This is Jess talking. Yeah, this is this is Jess. Um, so I really like aphids. Uh, I know that they are a pest insect, but I think that they are they're super fascinating from their from their reproductive cycles to just how they eat, and it it's just it's super fascinating for me. And be honest, Jessica, and you think they're adorable. And they're adorable. They have cornicles. How can you not like them? They do. They're cornicles, for those of you who don't know what that means, they look like little tailpipes that come off the end of the abdomen, and they secrete a waxy substance that's filled with all kinds of chemical goodness for signals to other aphids. And and they're, yeah, they just look like... They're, little, like, they're like little stuffed animals, yeah. but they're alive. Hmm. I dig that. Yeah. Nice. But I also like bullet ants. You do like bullet ants. I like... Um, this is Christy. I... Of course, I always have to mention solifuges, camel spiders. They, um, they're an arachnid found on every continent except for Australia and Antarctica. I studied them in Kenya for my master's research, and there are so many myths and legends, and people are terrified of these animals, and they have no venom, and they chew their food, they sort of macerate their food, and they're um, fuzzy and fast and fragile. They're incredibly fragile for, for how ferociously they, they attack their prey. Um, I love them. I will always love them. If I could wear a t-shirt with a solifuge on it every day, I would. Oh, that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, can you talk a little bit about the solifuges you found? Uh, I think on the volcanic rocks, those sounded really cool. And I love that story. Yes. Oh, um, oh yeah. In, in Kenya. In Kenya. So, um, so there are these solifuges that are diurnal and diurnal means they come out during the day and it was almost like clockwork. We would sit on these black volcanic rocks and they're these little small, about an inch long 
purplish blackish solifuges with long white hairs that came off of their back legs. And so when they scurried over these rocks, they looked a little bit like a seed fluff that was blowing over the rocks. And they would only come out between 11 and 1.30 in the daytime. And you could set your watch. We would sit there day after day in Lake Begoria and and try to count how many we would see running over the rocks. We would try to catch a, a couple. I have a few specimens, but they're so fast and they're so small, and, and the terrain was really difficult. We also found them in the Shatani lava flow, which is uh, not like obsidian, like it's glass, but it's very sharp volcanic sort of pumice stone, mm-hmm. but it is like walking on glass. And so trying to collect tiny little arachnids that are running really fast as we're running over basically glass shards and trying to dive and catch them. <laughs> that was not the smartest thing I've ever done, but it was super fun. <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so one of my favorite bugs is uh, Jerusalem cricket, mainly because they're cute and they're big and they're kind of weird looking. But um, what insects do you guys find interesting? Uh, I mean, I don't know. maybe that's a dumb question. That is not a dumb question. No. Jerusalem crickets are fascinating. They look like bald little sort of terrifying babies. And I say that in the nicest way <laughs> because we just yelled at Topher about not doing any fear-mongering. And here I am talking about terrifying babies. But um, but they've got these like little bald heads and these big jaws. And uh, they kind of clamber over the ground. They're, they're a type of ground cricket. And they don't, they don't fly and they don't hop. Um, uh, big, God, big bugs. That's my jam. I mean, yeah. wetas. I really yeah. want to see a giant weta. It's another large ground cricket. It's in New Zealand. Um, Jess and I in Kenya saw Ooh. an armored ground cricket the size of our hand. It was giant, mm-hmm. really big abdomen, really spiky thorns. Um, what else have we God, seen? Super cool. Uh, well, let's think outside the insect world too. Let's think arthropods. <laughs> the giant I'm sorry I just I had a conniption fit um the giant isopods at the bottom of the oh, ocean oh I have always Me wanted too. to see one of those so like they'll come up in the when the fishermen trawl for for I guess like crab and shrimp and stuff like that they'll, they'll pull them up and and the, a lot of times the the lack of pressure around their bodies kills them but sometimes they survive and the fishermen can just, you know, toss them back in the ocean. But they're like they're the size of a, of a chunky loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. And they are, I mean, they, they look like something out of a movie. Yeah. Wait, what are those? It's a giant isopod. Basically, um, the sea version of a pill bug or a roly poly. Mm. Wow, I, I got to Google that. Oh, yeah, Google oh, it. Oh, you should check it out. There goes your Saturday night, Topher. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um I think one of my favorite sea arthropods is uh, mantis shrimp. I mean, it's super weird to have a favorite, <laughs> but um, I love them. I love their super complex visual system and like how aggressive they are with other shrimps. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to Google that giant isopod now. Please do. Yeah. And mantis shrimp are amazing. Basically, Jessica and I, our our dream would be to have a show where we could be totally bug chicks, totally fascinated instead of fear-mongering, like most nature shows are sort of going towards these days. And it would be following Jess and I around the world as we brought to light these amazing arthropods. 
Like anything that's got an exoskeleton, it gets to be on the show. Giant coconut crabs. I was just thinking about those. Um, I want to see the largest terrestrial arthropod. I want to see the largest marine arthropod. I want to... I want to go out into the ocean and see the water striders called holobates that that stride along the ocean water. I I just the sea spiders. I just want to explore all of the different amazing arthropods in a show called The Bug Chicks. So if anyone's out there listening and you would like to pitch this show with us to um, <laughs> National Geographic, we would be appreciative. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'd totally watch that show. Um, you know, talking about like TV shows today, you brought up fear mongering and, and insects. I, I think it's completely unfair to sell bugs with fear and to like exploit their creepiness when there's so many more things to talk about. I mean, they're just incredibly interesting, just like with their bug lives and stuff. You're absolutely right, Topher. I think it's I, I think you're right that there are so many there to exploit that when there's so many other things to talk about. And quite frankly, it's laziness. It boils down to laziness, laziness of mind and laziness in how you spend your time. And I think the American public, if we raise the bar, they will meet it. Producers are always saying, oh, well, that's what the public wants. The public wants fear and they want sensational and they want it to be, uh, you know, exciting. I think the public wants what what we give to them. And if we raise the bar, the public will be interested mm-hmm. in that. Cosmos is a great example. Neil deGrasse Tyson's new new version of Cosmos, people are loving it. They're eating it up. Let's raise the bar for for programming about wildlife and let's see who loves it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I kind of hope we're helping to raise the bar here on this show. So far, <laughs> I'm loving it. Thank you. Oh, um, before I forget, um, have you guys ever like held a velvet worm or like played with a velvet worm or seen one or anything? Yeah, you're talking about um, you're talking about the common ancestor. What what they're believing is a common ancestor of of arthropods, and this was sort of bef- this is the thing that sprays out the glue from its mouth. Right, they're found in the tropics. They're quite squishy. Um, they don't have the the real jointed legs that we think of when we think of arthropods today. Um, I have never seen a velvet worm in in the wild, or or no, I've seen no, one in a jar, but I have never seen one uh, in real life. I would I would love to. Mm, yeah, yeah, me too. I just had to ask. Um, anyway, so can you tell us uh, where we can find you um, online or wherever? We have uh, our website up. It is uh, www.thebugchicks.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter as well, where you can follow us on that social media. And um, we've got some videos online that we are licensing for for schools and homeschool groups. And there are individual licenses as well. Um, So if you watch some of our free videos on our website and you really like them, the licenses are available for purchase if you'd like. And... um, and yeah, so we used to blog for Science Friday. Mm-hmm. We do a bit of blogging for Entomology Today, which is the blog for the Entomological Society of America. Um, and yeah, check us out on check us out online and reach out to us. We love it when people reach out and ask questions, and wherever possible, we'll answer them. And if not, we know who to talk to to help get those answers. Awesome. 
And um, well, I said the other one was a final question, but one final question. Um, what advice would you have for any young people or any young women in general who would want to get into science or who have an interest in science? I would say to those young women, those young ladies, be brave. Um, don't be afraid to go after what you want and what you are interested in. And sometimes I think women, especially in middle school, we, we're excited about things in elementary school and then we think it's not appropriate for us to be excited about them in middle school and high school, like bugs or science or engineering or math or whatever. And I think don't listen. Don't listen to anybody who tells you that you're, you shouldn't be doing this. My eighth grade science teacher told me I had no aptitude for science but she was wrong and I was right. So um, I think wherever possible, be brave, be loud, be proud. And um, you, can, you can accomplish anything in this world that you want to. And we're getting, I think, to a time, hopefully in science, where, where it is not just acceptable, it is, it's not even going to be thought about as something weird that there would be female scientists. And I am very excited to work with Jessica in this time of women in science to help promote that. Wow, that, that's a great answer. Well, thank you guys so much for, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank Topher, you, Topher. Thank you so much. We cannot wait to hear the podcast. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or need anything else from us, just let us know. Yeah, totally. We'll do... Thank you guys again so much. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks again to Night Moves for letting us use their song Carl Sagan as our intro and outro music. Their new Carl Sagan EP is available on iTunes. I recommend you buy it, like, right now. Thanks for listening.